Is it over? Please, God, tell me it's over. Please. It's got to be over. Suns lose to the Mavericks. That's it. That's it. Blow it up. Trade everybody. James Jones clearly hasn't done enough. Coach, he's not, Coach Mott is not a good enough coach. Devin Booker's not a good enough player. Uh, this team that had to start Ish Wainwright tonight clearly is just, it's not it, Matthew. I think that everything after all said and done, the Suns just need to blow it up. So. Yeah, absolutely. Could we make the trade for that one guy who they have, uh, Luka Doncic? You know, Devin Booker shed it for Luka. Let's do that. Or else, you know what? Let's get OBJ on the Dallas Cowboys team. Oh, that's I was going to talk about that. <laughs> Jeez. You don't have to yeah, lead off the, the pod with that shit. That's the one good thing from this. It's He's at the game. They're whining and dining him to come to Dallas, and Dak's not going to be able to throw him the ball. So let's let's go. Let's let's do that. Burn it. Burn it to the ground. Just everything. <laughs> okay. You know, I mean, it, it, it's sad. You know, like, don't get me wrong. Like, I'm, I'm frustrated. Watching the Suns lose 130 to 111. To the Dallas yeah. Mavericks, because it's the Dallas Mavericks, it just it it bangs a little differently. It hurts a little deeper. And there's a lot of things that we're going to talk about on this edition of the Suns Jam Session podcast that are going to be frustrations of a game that happened on a Monday in December. Plain and simple. And because it's the Mavericks, everybody thinks that, you know, it, it's the end of the world. The, the, the chat's already going crazy with it. You know, I, I love this. Iverson vlogs. Book is laughing on the bench while we're down 22. That's why we don't go anywhere. And that's why he's not an all-time great yet. And I responded, Luca laughing all game. Is that why he doesn't go anywhere? And why he's not an all-time great yet? To which he responded, I mean, they did beat us in the playoffs. And not only beat us, but embarrassed us on our home court. And James Jones have, doesn't have to do, doesn't do anything to make this team better. What does that have to do with Devin Booker laughing? I don't like, know. I was we're actually pick, we're picking away all we're, we're like Suns fans are so fucking an, annoying sometimes, man. Like Devin Booker, they're getting blown out. Okay, it's the second night of a back to back on a Monday in December, and he's like laughing. He somebody tells him a joke, he's not supposed to laugh. Like, and, and now it's James Jones's. Fault. I just don't get you guys sometimes, dude. I love the Jamsters, but I don't get you guys sometimes, man. You know, I was actually there's a point when Doncic, I think, to end the second quarter, I was kind of just like, whoa, wow. I was just like, wow, this is insane. He cannot miss, right? Yeah. The whole team couldn't miss from three. Yeah. So it, it's all right. I mean, it's one of those games, kind of it's a back-to-back -back thing. I don't believe in that at all. But it no, just was one of those games they couldn't miss. And it's like, if you're going to cover Luka, someone's going to be open. If you don't cover him, he gets an easy shot. It was just, it was bad all around. Booker starts 0 for 7. That's never going to happen again. So you it's can literally... laugh about it a little bit. So I think it's okay. It's just I... a regular season game. I just... <laughs> P-Dog in the chat. Post-traumatic Suns Disorder. That's what we have going on here tonight. So we're going to talk about some of this. We're going to talk about it. We're going to express our frustrations, much akin to a lot of you. A lot of us are frustrated when you lose a game, especially to the Dallas Mavericks. And we're going to talk about different aspects of this game, things, things that we saw that went well, things that we saw were an opportunity, knowing that this team is without Chris Paul, without Cameron Johnson, no Jay Crowder, now to no Torrey Craig. You know, I mean, they're down a ton of players, and again, as you mentioned, Booker started uncharacteristically cold from the field. And the Suns went down 18 real quick and stayed there the whole game. Had they been 
uh, or had to have bookers maybe start a little bit hotter, guess what? Maybe good things would have happened. But you know what? It is what it is. So we're going to talk about it on this edition of the Suns Jam Session Podcast. So even if you're here for a little therapy session, welcome aboard. We appreciate it. Hit that thumbs up button while you're here. Like, subscribe, rate, review, wherever you're listening to this podcast. And, you know, again, I see a lot of you guys talking in the chat. Good. Keep keep talking. That's what this is about. That's one of the reasons why we love doing this podcast is it's a live reaction right after the game where a lot of our emotions are going to dictate some of the things that we say. And it's like a relationship, right? Sometimes you just need to go like, like if, if you're having trouble with your relationship, you just need to take a step away from that and go talk to somebody about it. It's not going to change anything. You just need to put it into the environment, put it into the atmosphere, and it makes it feel a little bit better. That's what we're here to help you with today. So make sure you follow on the show at Suns Jam on Instagram, Twitter, on and TikTok. Make sure you follow me at Darth Voida and read all of my writing at brightsideofthesun.com. I do have a piece on Damian Lee coming out tomorrow. And make sure you follow Matthew. And Matthew Lizzie. So we got to be drinking tonight because this is one of those nights that predicate drinking. So I'm actually going to be drinking something kind of rare. It's 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 uh, a beer out of Philadelphia, Matthew. And it's called a, a Bill Ponderosa Lager. And every time you go to open it, you, it makes you kind of throw up in your mouth a little bit. So I'm going I'm to try to struggle through this one. Bill game for the phoenix suns overall 130 to 111 is the final score they only scored 15 points in the first quarter dallas scored 33 from then on out it was just phoenix not having the ability to overcome that i mean the the mavericks did outscore them 34 to 26 in the second quarter but the suns outscored them 34 to 29 in the third and 36 to 34 in the fourth but again you can't over overcome that first quarter lull and that's going to bring me my first question Matthew, I got to ask. Yeah, I got to ask. When the Suns play the Dallas Mavericks, we get this serious case of we can't shoot itis, where nobody can hit a shot. For periods of a time, the, the rim is sealed. Booker's missing layups. And, and, and I saw a lot of the chatter on Twitter, you know, well, they're doing a good job of forcing Booker off his spots. Fuck that. Booker's spots are everywhere and they're contested. He just wasn't hitting anything. Meanwhile, the Mavs, who enter this game 11 and 11, who shoot 35% from deep, start the game shooting 50% from beyond the arc, and ultimately end up shooting 48.8%, 20 of 41 from beyond the arc in this game. So, my question for you, Matthew, is why do we always have to play from behind when we're playing this team? <laughs> You know, I feel like it wasn't really like this in the playoff series, right? The losses we had were this bad. This is the way the losses were. It's just they couldn't stop making their threes. The Suns would take too long to get there offensively. And by the time they did, by the time they found anything, it was too late because every time they would make a shot, make a three, go on a five-point run maybe, the Mavericks would answer it. That's they'd just, hit a three too. They, yeah, they would hit a wide-open three. They would hit a covered three. They would – get to the rim, um, they would get to the free throw line, they would flop, you know, and then they would have the refs in their bag. So it's the same as uh, I feel like in the playoff series, but it just seems like that because it is the Mavericks. It seems worse. I I 
sometimes I think it's like Mark Cuban, fuck you. Are you doing something? Or did you do something to the rims? Like it has to be that. Is it Jerry Jones because OBJ's there? You got to put on a good show. Did you do something to the rims? Because Devin Booker never goes over seven, and he was on his spots. They were in and out. He was short. Like they were just kind of floating up there. They were like high arcing shots that were just short. So it hurts worse that it's the Mavericks, but it's okay because. I just think that because it's a regular season game, it's not going to mean much next game if we beat the Celtics or whatever. You know what I mean? This is the way the mm-hmm. season is. Ups and downs, ups and downs. And you called it this year. We're going to have a lot of these ups and down games, and we're going to focus now on the injuries that people were missing to where Craig was out, the hustle. So let's focus on the negatives a little bit, but we'll come back. We'll play strong next game. Well, I think the challenge with this game and the frustrating thing primarily for me was knowing that this is a beatable Dallas team. Entering 11-11, no bench, no, no one outside of Luca. You look at their statistics this year, and it's like Luca and the and you know the Doncic chairs, Luca and his his shitty ball friends. I don't know. And then this game, and, and knowing that the Phoenix Suns are getting ready to embark on a pretty tough schedule, Matthew, as you mentioned, Wednesday night at home, Boston Celtics. They go to New Orleans, not one of the hottest teams in the NBA. They play two games in New Orleans, Friday and then Sunday. And then they play a game against somebody. And then they got the Clippers. Oh, they have the Rockets. They have the Rockets who just beat them. And then they got the then they got the Clippers. So December is going to be a hectic month for the Phoenix Suns. So that's why this game, in my opinion, was a, a good opportunity to get a win in. Because I, I see them having a hard time and struggling through some of those games, considering the depth of some of those teams, the talent on some of those teams, and knowing that the Phoenix Suns just aren't full strength. So you have that. And the other thing that I have, and I'm going to speak on behalf of all Suns fans, I'm going to say what we're all thinking, Suns fans, because this is what I'm feeling too. The problem with the Mavericks is they, what, what scares me about the Mavericks is this could be our Achilles heel. This could be a team that much akin to the Spurs, a team that we played yesterday, and I mentioned on the podcast yesterday how I will forever hate the Spurs for what they did to the seven seconds or less Suns. They were just the kryptonite. The Suns were an amazing team, but they had one team they just couldn't get past. And obviously, based on what happened in the playoffs last year, and based on the fact that we were down 22 points to this team in the opening game of the season, miraculously came back 107-105 on a Damian Lee buzzer beater, and then coming out tonight and then having them somehow, some way, force the Phoenix Suns into not making anything while they're making everything, you have that feeling in the back of your mind. You're like, shit, are the Mavs going to be the Chris Paul era, the Devin Booker-led era, Phoenix Suns, is that going to be the, the new version of the Spurs for the Suns? Are this, is this going to be a team with Luka Doncic? You know, as we went against Tim Duncan, one of the greatest power forwards, if not the greatest power forward of all time, going against Luka now and playing who's somebody who's going to end up with a ton of amazing statistics, is this going to be the next kryptonite for the Phoenix Suns? And even though it is a Monday in December, that creeps into your mind, considering the way that the Phoenix Suns were exited from the playoffs at the hands of this team and the way that the first two games this season have been against the Mavericks. Yeah, it's that much worse. Um, this this Mavericks team, when they play this way, they just look bigger and badder than the Suns. Devin Booker looks tiny out there. He looks like he can't get anything done after a, after a frustrating start. And then you start to question the things like, Aiden's playing out of his mind, so I don't really care too much about how Aiden is versus Luca because Aiden's playing the way we've always wanted him to. So I don't think about that anymore. Now it's a Booker versus Luca thing, and now mm-hmm. it's a mental thing. Are they in his head? Who knows? Like we're gonna get that all the time if we keep losing to them. But we did win the first game. 
this game was a blowout and I feel like we can blame it on the, on the back-to-back if we want to, we can blame it on the injuries, but you know, this is really hurting the Suns because they want to beat this team. They want to make sure that it's not something that's going to carry into the playoffs. Cause you know, we're going to play them in the playoffs. You know, it's going to happen. Just like the Spurs are going to get women Yama. They're going to get women Yama. We're going to play the Mavericks every fucking year in the playoffs. It's just going to happen because that's the way the NBA is for the Suns. Like we're running through these obstacles and we're going to see it over and over and over again. And it's going to be the Mavericks. And when you watch this game, you're just like, what the fuck is happening? Like what happens? You know, they're hitting their threes, of course, and that's probably why they won. But it's just like, what is going on? Like it never looks like the same Suns team. They just always look like they're in shambles when they play against this Mavericks team. And it's always just a question of what is going on. There's things, of course, we'll get into why it happened, how it kind of unfolded. But it just ends up being like one of those things like, dude, like, how did it get this way? How are we down by 20 already? And why can we not make a run? Well, I'll I'll start on the defensive end. You know, I think that we we can go ahead and and we can play the drop right away. Ever since I've been here, we talked about everything you want is on the other side of hard. This is hard. Monty, Monty Williams, coach of the Phoenix Suns. I am going to put some of this on Monty Williams in this one. 100% because defensively, this team was not ready. How many wide open three-pointers from the same exact spot did Tim Hardaway Jr. have in this game? That's poor coaching right there. And if it was good coaching, it was poor execution of the offense or or of the defense, I'm sorry. But the Phoenix Suns consistently allowed Tim Hardaway Jr. to hit every open shot because he was wide open in the same spot. He was five of nine from beyond the arc. And that's where I kind of start with, with the Mavericks and the, and the way that Monty Williams didn't adjust or have this team ready to properly uh, address this team. Cause you look at Luka Doncic, right? He scored 33 points. Well, guess what? He averages 33 points on the season. He did what he's supposed to do, right? Christian Wood averages 16 points. He had 18 in this game. Okay. You look at Spencer Dinwiddie. He averages 16 points as well. And Dinwiddie was, uh, he had 21 in this game. All right, on down the line, Tim Hardaway Jr. averages uh, 12 points a game. He had, coming off the bench, or I'm sorry, starting, he had 17 points in this game. Uh, Dorian Finney-Smith, I'm literally just going down the Dallas Mavericks averages, and I'm letting you know that across the board, everybody just was smoking uh, you know, above average. By the way, Tim Hardaway Jr., a 34% uh, three-point shooter, you know, Again tonight he goes five of nine. You look at the you look at beyond the arc. Spencer Dinwiddie five of eight. Luka Doncic four of nine. Tim Hardaway five of nine. Maxi Kleba and uh, Christian Wood were both two of four. Uh, that Josh Green guy who came out of nowhere he was one of two. I mean literally everyone on their team shot outside of their average. So you have to credit them for making their shots, but you also have to you have to put some of this on Monty for not having this team ready to defensively. Uh, approach Dallas and have the ability to close out on a team that you know likes to shoot the three ball. I mean, they mentioned the fact that, one, they shot 61 threes against the uh, the Knicks the other night, and two, this team entering tonight attempted 40.6 three-pointers a game. That's third best in the entire league. Now, granted, they're, they're 17th in, in make, but you know that they're going to shoot the three. And why wasn't the why wasn't it the the perimeter defended? And I love some something that Suns Geek tweeted out. Shout out to Suns Geek if it has to do with the Phoenix Suns. He's gonna make a video about it. He tweeted out. He says, "I can't wait for Monty Williams to say something like we didn't respect their three point shooting tonight for the third or fourth time this season." 
<laughs> yeah, when when you go into a game like this, you kind of focus on what their what their strengths are. Last game, the game before, they they shot like sixty of them. So you you know you're going to go into this game, they're going to shoot threes because that's the only way they can really win. And when they start to knock it down, it's really tough. So what the Mavericks did tonight is when they came out to face the Suns defensively, they doubled book right away. I've never really seen that ever. And maybe a couple times where a team comes out and they actually just start to double book right away, unless it's like a finals game, game seven. But or they, the playoffs last year, yeah. Yeah, and that's the right thing to do. Book has – he's good at getting out of the double teams now, but it's a hard thing to do. And plus, it's like who's going to help him? He's not going to set the pick and roll right away with Aiden, which is going to be something that they can't stop because they're small down there. And then if he's going to pass it out to Payne, then Payne has to figure something out. And Payne didn't do anything the first, so he was a zero. So now you're doubling Book. You're putting a lot of pressure on him. And then that is just going to fuck up everything for the Suns offensively. So that was good on their end. And then it's like... But Monty should have had the team prepared. He should have. Knowing, knowing that, because in the playoffs last year, they did the same shit. They took Chris Paul out, and they threw doubles at Book. I mean, that's all they did. They blitzed them the entire time. So you would think that he would have them prepared to negate that. Yeah, but how do, how do you... What do you do, though? What, like, what do you do? You can't have someone else bring the ball up. You don't have the other Why guy. Why not? Campaign should have maybe stepped up even more and done more. Or Mikael like, Bridges just, on some on some plays, or you know, yeah, like you could you know. have, yeah. And like, what are you going to do tonight? So do you, you started ish tonight? Which mm, no, Okogi came in, looked great. <laughs> I love that. He, I love it. Mm, no, yeah, he hit his first three, and then after that it was like havoc. And then uh, you start Okogi in the in the third quarter, which was great because I feel like. It made more sense. He helped with Luca even more. Mm-hmm. Maybe too little, too late. Maybe that should have been the move. That I think was the big move. Well, I think what Monty Williams was trying to do by starting Ish Wainwright and shout out to Ish Wainwright. I realized today that he's the only Phoenix member of the Phoenix Suns. I'm pretty sure now who doesn't have a drop. Well, Josh Shikogi has a drop, and we'll get to that momentarily. Yeah, he earned one. That's right. Ish doesn't have a drop, and I think that what he wanted to do was throw some size out there. And Ish Wainwright definitely has that size, but guess what? Ish doesn't didn't doesn't have the lateral quickness or the fundamentals to keep up with anybody on that team. It's a five out team, right? They're going to beat you with athleticism. And when he gets switched onto Luca, Luca's just going to carve him up, which he did. And then yeah, Hey Zero says in the chat, at least he hit some threes. You know, Ish in this game ended up uh, with two of five from beyond the arc. He had six points. Uh, and two and three rebounds. You know, he only played 14 minutes because to your point, Monty Williams understood. It's like, hey, I've got to put Josh Kogan there because he has at least the ability to shut down Luca a little bit. So, but again, I, I go back to the coaching in this and it just seemed like the Suns were just very vastly unprepared for this game. And it, it felt almost like they felt like they were coming into this well, we're the first team in the Western Conference. We're going to play with our egos instead of our fundamentals. And the fundamentals crushed them in this game. Crushed them. Unfortunately, it started with Devin Booker. Big Dick Booker. Little Dick Booker tonight, man. Ended with a total of 11 points in this one. Four of 13 from the field. He had five assists, two rebounds. He went 0 for 7 in the first quarter. For Devin Booker, it is the first time in 202 games in which he did not score in the first quarter. And you want to say, oh, they did a good job doubling him. Oh, they did a good job taking him out of the game. And, and, and I just say, no, I, don't, I didn't see that. 
I saw him coming off of curls. He had one where he went right down the lane. He had a wide open layup and he just missed it. And that's what, again, I go back to the kryptonite comments that I had earlier. The Dallas Mavericks are in Devin Booker's head. Good, bad, or indifferent, the Dallas Mavericks are in Devin Booker's head. And it's something that he's going to mentally have to navigate as the season progresses and if and when we play this team in the playoffs, whether it be this season or, or playoff series to come. But there's something – now, don't get me wrong. Like, they have a they, – they have effective wings. They're a five-out team. They play with wings. And if you think that the, that the Dallas Mavericks are a pain in the ass, wait till you see the fucking Boston Celtics and their wing play come Wednesday. Ooh, get ready, Suns fans. It's going to be a different kind of therapy session after that because you're really going to see where we fall in the NBA hierarchy. Granted, knowing that we have a lot of injured players on this team, but still, the way that the Dallas Mavericks play with that wing play, they have the length to bother Devin Booker. Sure. Get him off his spots. I don't believe in that because I don't think there's a spot on the court in which Devin Booker is uncomfortable. But mentally, I think he has a challenge trying to get over this team. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, no, I totally, I totally agree. And I, I think um, being in his head was huge to start the game because you saw his shot was so different. It looked absolutely different from the whole season before. I've never seen him really shoot that way. I mean, the last game or two games ago against the Rockets where he missed that game winner was totally short. And like that kind of the fourth quarter, he was kind of short on stuff. So you can see there he's kind of overthinking things. And this everything game was short, right? Everything was short to start tonight. But the ball was just kind of the release was way different. Like he missed that layup, which is a gimme. It wasn't – I thought he might have turned into a game where he was trying to get to the free throw line more. Didn't really try to do that. Didn't really get some calls. But they weren't really kind of iffy calls. It was kind of like, yeah, I didn't really see a foul either. So it wasn't one of, these, one of those things where you can complain about that. I think he was really trying to find a way to really get – um, a way to get eight in the ball, which he did, mm-hmm. but it was just so hard for him to get going and trying to find these guys around this Dallas defense that is long. They are, they're big and it just makes it very difficult for Booker to get to his spots, but he can get to his spots. I just think that going over seven, I don't probably first time ever in his career just made it difficult for him to get back in the game. Cause it's like, is he going to keep shooting? Is going to be a guy that's going to be a ball hog. I'm like, Oh, I got to get this going. I, the, we had nothing else really offensively going. Do I keep shooting? You can kind of see he was hesitant there. So then it was just kind of like, ah, it's a fucking, it, this game, it's over because Booker is just in his head. And I hate to say it, but you are right. I think mentally it's it's a hard thing, but we all realize as human beings here on earth, like it's when things are being said, when, when you know that you lost to the Mavericks the way you did, that sticks around. Whether or not you look tough or whatever, it sticks around until you get mm-hmm. over it. It might meet, might need to be the thing this year in the playoffs for him to get over just to beat them in five or six games to kind of help his confidence a little bit more. No, I agree, and it's something that he's going to have to face as he as, as just as the season progresses. You know, he's got to look back and see this eleven in the middle of this amazing run that he's on, and go, "What the fuck happened there? What do I got to do to be better there?" And you're right, not much was working for the Phoenix Suns in that first quarter, in that first half. But there was one thing that was working. One thing and one thing alone. Watch. DeAndre Ayton. 9 of 11 from the field. Now granted, Booker shot the ball 13 times. Bridges shot it uh, 11 times. Payne shot it 16 times. <laughs> and only made 4. DA, 20 points to lead all Sun scores. He had 8 rebounds. 
And I love what Mario Lopez sa- says here because this is something I, I, I'll, I'll push back at sometimes, right? Mario Lopez in the chat says, Aiton didn't get the ball enough. And he shot the ball 11 times. And, you know, he had an assist. So he passed out once and somebody actually scored. But this is something I was saying on Twitter. The only thing that was working for the Phoenix Suns is DA was doing whatever, whatever the fuck he wanted in this game. And I don't understand why the Phoenix Suns, again, I, I go back to Monty on this. Why were they not just feeding DA? Because they could do whatever they wanted. And, and when you started to get down a little bit, think back to the Phoenix Suns last year. Phoenix Suns last year, anytime they were down 10 points, 20 points even, they wouldn't just start chucking up threes. They would navigate their offense. They would hit those middies, and they would slowly chip away at it. And it's funny because I, I got into a little Twitter battle tonight, and guess what? That happens on nights where you're pissed off. And I, I, I tweeted that. I said, no answer for Aiton. Let him go for 50. And some guy tweeted back, we're down 20. I was like, yeah, so we don't get, we, we don't get the ball. Uh, uh, so, we, so don't get the ball to the guy who's scoring at will. And his response was something along the lines, well, well, the Suns can't match their threes. I'm like, exactly. So continue to score points. They'll miss some of those threes. You continue to score. That's how you chip away. That's basketball. You get your high-efficiency shots. And I agree with Mario Lopez in this game. DA got whatever he wanted. They should have fed him more, Matthew. Yeah, they should have. Um, in the first quarter, he only had the six shot attempts, which seems like a lot in the first, mm-hmm. but it wasn't enough. I feel like it. Booker had six shot attempts too, and Booker's shots were difficult at times, but sometimes they were open. But he chose some more difficult shots to shoot, other rather than passing it to DA, who wasn't always open. But there's ways for him to get open, and there's ways for his teammates to kind of find him and i think da did a nice job the whole game finding spacing finding ways for his teammates to give him the ball and it's nice to actually watch dude da is just like he's out there playing ball tonight not worried about being tired not worried about anything else he's worried just basically about getting his team back in the game about where to be offensively and he was like hyping them up trying to on defense where he (laughs) He's like, uh, what does he say? He's like, uh, you heard him on the broadcast where he's just like, come on, white, let's get it. Like, because they're wearing their ugly white yeah. jerseys. <laughs> yeah, yeah the, the worst <laughs> Which jerseys. are just nasty. That's the reason they lose every game in those jerseys. The like, record actually just, is really shitty in those jerseys. It is, dude. And when, when they, they're playing this Mavericks team that these jerseys are kind of weird, but they look way better than these Suns white jerseys. But, dude, Aiden was battling the whole night, man. Even in the third quarter, he came back out and he was uh, – he was still there, and the Suns were still jacking up threes, but he was still trying. It didn't bother him because it was kind of a slower start for him. He missed a few easier shots, but he didn't get down on himself. He kept playing hard. His teammates kept jacking up threes when he's open. He yeah, kept playing through that's that. That's what drove me crazy. That's what's driving me nuts, too. And, yeah, 20-point lead. Who cares? The Suns are always, when they stick to their game, it's a two-point game. Mm-hmm. They didn't do that. They started mm-hmm. jacking up threes. Ish was jacking up threes. Um, Mikhail was jacking up threes. We had a wide-open Aiden. So that was happening a lot. And you have to give credit to Aiden to keep that he kept fighting, kept fighting for the boards. He was collecting tolls down there at the rim, dude. Yeah, he was blocking. What about that one play with Spencer Dinwiddie? He just like grabbed the ball out of his hand. He's like, nope, that's fine. And I think Dinwiddie got like hurt or something, but he just took it. Like he was ready for everything. He wanted to make sure his teammates were ready too. And it just sucks to see this because you don't have to force ugly shots, Booker. You don't have to force these ugly threes when you have Aiden down there. Aiden needs a touch in a game like this. He needs to touch the ball every time down the court. No question. He has to. And again, he had five shot attempts in the first quarter. He went three of five. He had seven points. 
And then he ends the game with 11. So the rest of the game, three more quarters, he gets six oh, six total yeah. shot attempts. That's just bad coaching again. That's bad recognition. Give him the ball. That's all he has to say. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's like, listen, we got to get DA the ball. He's carving him up on the interior. Guys, you just aren't cutting it from beyond the arc tonight. You know what? Love you guys. You're, what, the, the third best three-point shooting team relative to percentage in the league this year. But guess what? Just not making it happen tonight. They ended 13 of 38, so 34.2%, which isn't horrible. Now, obviously, when the, the Mavericks make 48% and hit 20, the, the Suns were negative 21 from beyond the arc. But that being said, you can at least chip away consistently by going at DA. And guess what happens? You start just getting the ball on the interior to DA. The doubles start coming, as we've mentioned time and fucking time again. He's a great passer out of those doubles. And maybe one of those three-pointers start to drop. Or maybe you can, you know, there's 20 things you can do off of passing to the interior. Right. I mean, NBA players and, and teams have won championships on the back of big men who literally just do that. They're like, we're just going to give it down to Bill Russell and we're just going to watch what happens. We're going to give it down to Will. We're going to give it down to Kareem. And the rest of the offense is predicated on that. But again, just bad, bad, bad coaching by not getting D.A. the ball with a more consistent basis, basis and, and allowing the team to just jack up threes. And, and guess what? All one and dunners because they're long rebounds outside of D.A.'s zone. Just yeah. Just drove me nuts. Drove me nuts all Dude, night. Dude, you don't match the threes. The Suns never do that. And to continue to go to Aiden was a smart thing to do. It's crazy because make him work, dude. He was excited to get the he was excited to go to work tonight. And he has been recently for the past few weeks. Keep getting him the ball. There's no reason why you're matching three. That's why you lost the game. You're trying to match threes. You're trying to have Ish Wayne where I hit three in a row. He fucking like made his first one, but then two nasty ones in a row. Oh, yeah. He didn't make another one for a while. Aiton's down there. Easy two points. At least it's not a 20-point lead. Or, you know, it might be 10 points or something if you keep feeding Aiton. I'm not saying Aiton's going to make everything, but the way he was playing, the way that the Mavericks are playing physically, he would have got to the line more. It would have been a more interesting game if you just started off with more of Aiden. Get him like 10 or 12 attempts in the first quarter, dude. Get, get him, get him, uh, just give me 10 and a half, uh, uh, attempts in the first half. You know, if he's yeah. got 11, if he's got 11 total uh, shot attempts the entire game, you look at the first half, he was six of eight in the first half. Six of eight. And in the second half, now granted, you know, he didn't play a, a ton. In that fourth quarter, in fact, he played zero minutes. So he went in the third quarter alone. He went three of three from the field for six points. Everybody else, you know, just just not as efficient. So minor, you know, not a minor adjustment, but something to keep in mind for if and when we play this team in the playoffs, just fucking pound them on the interior. And I think this is a good opportunity for me to switch gears a little bit and and talk about Luca. And you know, I love to talk about Luca. <laughs> drives me nuts. How? How the hell did we go a seven-game series just simply watching this guy? Because <laughs> he, oh, he, he frustrates yeah. me so much watching yep. him. Yep. Like, I love what Eddie Johnson said on the on the broadcast. He's like, Luca thinks he hasn't committed a foul in two years. It's yeah. time and time again. Every, you know, uh, he, he's, he's just so frustrated. He carries all the time. He whines after every play. There's the one play where, don't get me wrong, like Devin Booker fouled him. He jumps up, claps his, his hands at the officials. If Devin Booker does that, he's teed up, and the referee goes out front to the arena, starts the car, and drives his ass to the airport. I mean, Damian Lee, he throws his hand. He does one of those, like, you know, kind of like, uh, at the ref after a play, and they tee him up instantly. 
Luka Doncic is constantly bitching, moaning, whining. He's so annoying to watch, man. I just, I know I say it time and again every time we talk about Luka Doncic, but it's just I don't understand. And, and the other thing that drove me crazy about not only him but the entire Mavericks team, I've never seen a team do what Paul George does on every play, and that's throw the forearm shiver into the opposition to create space on every play. They, Luka got called for it once. One time was that called as a foul. Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie's doing it. Luca does it all with his off arm every play. Like, how is that not called? They're literally creating contact to create space and pushing the opposition away. And the oppositions have fallen away. And they're like, oh, that's a foul on Booker. I, I just, it's it, it drives me fucking crazy, dude. It drives me no, you're, crazy. You're good. It, it you're good. shakes my foundation and belief in this sport. Yeah, yeah. And I, I'm a big guy of like, if it works, keep doing it because the refs are feeding off. They're going to give you the calls. No, no, no matter. I mean, if it doesn't start in the beginning of the game, Luca whines enough to get him towards the end of the game. And that's the way he plays it. And it's like, even in the middle of a shot, he might be having, he might have the ball and like take it up court. He might be bitching to a ref. And he does do that. He bitches to a ref, gets a shot, maybe makes a three, makes a driving layup and goes back to bitching at the ref. Like he is on the refs 90% of the time. It, you know, it's at least 90% of the time, 10% of his, maybe his game, maybe him, him actually playing and using that big butt of his. And dude, I'm telling you, man, like he is a child. And uh, with the first two minutes, I was like, dude, I forgot this guy's a child. Yeah. And, how, and I thought the same exact thing. Like, how do we watch this guy for seven, for seven fucking games. games? It was maybe because the first two games we thought, you know, we had him. There was no way the Suns were going to lose. And then all of a sudden it was like, fuck, dude, because we they weren't a threat. Now that they, you were talking about they're kind of a threat, they're kind of in the back of the Booker's mind maybe. It's even worse because you mm-hmm. want to beat them even more of that, yeah. even much more. So, dude, it's it's a tough thing to watch, man. Well, it's worse how, than Harden. How, it, it is worse than Harden because Harden isn't as unrelentless. Harden, the problem with him was his constant foul baiting. He wouldn't do it on the defensive end. He wasn't always in the ref's ear every play. It was the constant foul baiting that he would do. The issue with Luke is like, if you're an official, how are you just not unbelievably frustrated with this guy and have a short leash with him? Because I feel like Devin Booker sometimes has a very short leash, leash with the officiating crew. Always, always. Where he'll 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 bitch about something and they'll give him a look, and we've seen it from Devin Booker when he looks back at him, they tee him up. It's like yeah. look at me, look yeah. at you, tee up. And and Luca the whole time, like he's in the middle of the shot, looking at the referee, like it's fucking hitting me, and like and he created the contact, like I, like as an official. And, and you know the why? We all know the why. The NBA is fixed to a certain extent where. You don't tee up and, and kick out the stars of the game and yada, yada, yada. But, I mean, he is just – he's always in the official's ear. If I was an official, I'd be like, Luca, if I hear any fucking bitching from you tonight, I'm teeing you up right away. And then you tee him up right away if with the first moment he does it. And guess what? That takes care of it. There's accountability to the action. And the issue is there's no accountability to the action. There's no consequence for him constantly bitching, moaning, complaining, flopping all over the ground and, and looking at the official. I mean, he got taken the fuck out by Dwight Powell in this game. And he's and he's looking at the official and he was pissed off at the official because he thought that Mikhail Bridges fouled him. It's like, no, your own teammate took you out, dude. He's more concerned yeah. with that than the blood coming off his face. Exactly. And another thing is like, is there any guy who checks himself more like he's bleeding more than a game? Like after every play, he's like going to the official, like, uh, and they're like, dude, there's nothing on your face, you fucking pansy. Like Sack well, up, you're six foot seven, 230 pounds. Like, if, if you're six foot seven, you're 230 pounds. How fucking big is your vagina? It's got to be at least a 20 oh, fucking pounder. That's as big as his mouth. That's usually how they measure it. <laughs> <laughs> then it must be fucking 20 pounds. 
Dude, um, well, he is European. If you're watching the World Cup, soccer is nasty to watch. It's okay, oh, it's, it's fun. But no, that whole game, fun. that whole game, I know I just said it just in case, you know, some people are like, oh, but we have some I, Brazil I, honestly, followers and we it. love all of our sons, Brazil fans, and all of our European Brazil fans. We love you, but that's that's football, soccer, whatever. Ooh. Oh, the I last, can't stand it. The last half is hard to watch because everyone's flopping. Everyone's looking for calls. That's just that's Luca. That's what they do over here before Luca got here. I mean, you had Harden, but he's maybe 100% more worse than Harden. And Booker, I want to go back to that really quick because mm-hmm. Booker needs the respect, first of all. He still doesn't get it this year. It doesn't look like he gets it. He gets fouled a lot, does not get the call. But then you're right. If he does go out of ref, he gets the technical so quick. So quick. I don't know. You know what? You're right. I guess they just hate this guy for some reason. Maybe he's a dick. Who knows? But he does not. He can't. He needs to find a better way maybe to talk to the refs. But, dude, the way that Luca looks out there, his body language with the refs, it's nasty. I would tee that guy up every time he talked to me. It's 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 harmful to their souls, I feel like. Just makes me mad. It's he just frustrating. <laughs> you know? And, 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 and then they win. And yeah. like I said before we into this into this game, no matter what happens tonight, as Suns fans, we lose. Because if we win, oh well, we fucking beat your ass and the fuck would have counted. And if we lose, it's like, see, we own you. Luca owns Bucker. It's like you just I, I can't wait to, until fucking Wednesday <laughs> when I get mad at Boston. Uh oh, coach fallen founder, he reminds me of Ginobili a hundred percent. You want to talk about one of my oh, all-time hated Ginobili? that guy. Janos bleed, man. I hated Manu Janos because he did the same thing. He was always crying. And like, I, I know we hear it and I'm sure, you know, you did the subreddit stakeout, which I'm sure was yeah. freaking painful. But every time we go to the subreddit stakeout, you hear that from opposing teams. They think Devin Booker whines. And it's like, man, I just wish they would watch one game and they realize like Devin Booker whines, quote unquote, because 80% of the time there's contact and he doesn't get the call. He doesn't That's nearly. The why. Tonight is a game where I thought he would get teed up, but he just no. He was he more passive back. in that way. He laughed he and apparently, there, yeah, he, he laughed and apparently, you know, per Iverson vlogs, that's why he's not great. Uh, and Booker, to that point, two for two from the free throw line. Luka Doncic was only five of seven, so he really didn't get to the line that much. But there you go. There's my Luka, little Luca rant. Uh, you guys can package that and retweet it and get me canceled for calling, talking about his twenty pound pussy. I don't care. Fuck Luka Doncic. You heard it right here. And you know what you heard right here for the first time? A Josh Akogi drop. Josh. There you go. Josh Akogi. Nice. Uh, Thank thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, And for those of you who are listening, we actually had a new eight and drop. It was the same eight and drop, but I put some new video to it. I was giving him some respect. Uh, but yeah, Josh Akogi tonight ended up playing a total of 28 minutes. He was four of eight from the field, including two of five from beyond the arc. Okie dokie. Two of five from beyond the arc. That's I tweeted that. I'm like, if you know he's hitting three pointers, you know we fucked tonight. But he ended with 12 points, two steals, three assists. But that was one adjustment that Monty made was, hey, I'm going to put Josh Akogi out there in an effort to try to negate Luka Doncic. It did to a certain extent... But my one challenge with having Josh Akogi out there on Luka Doncic is seen as he's primarily a zero on offense. Luka could just hang out on defense. It didn't, you didn't work him at all. Uh, but that being said, you know, Mario Lopez says in the chat, Josh Akogi over Landry Shamit. <laughs> yeah, over Landry Shamit, I mean, it's totally different. Okay, so what we're seeing right now with Shamit, I'll talk about Akogi too, just really quick with Shamit. Games that are like this, that are big, 
when I said he kind of over, over he's over exaggerating a lot on offense, it just seems like he just doesn't fit in big games when you're trying to come back. So John has something there. What have I always said? Yeah, we'll, we'll talk yeah. about Landry in a second. Let's yeah, talk yeah. about Josh. So Josh was awesome. He was awesome. It was kind of cool to see him. Like he's like another option other than Mikhail. Mikhail kind of he's not that guy anymore with Luca. Maybe he never was. He can't maybe be. to start he's his not, career. He's not big enough. He's, exactly. But we kind of I kind of wanted that. But we he's definitely he's as big as Luca's as big as Aiden. So I don't know what the fuck I was. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> but um, he got the push off on Doncic. He uh he was there for the rebounds. He kind of was doing like his little um uh, juice impression out there with the rebounds, where he was just going in there getting the long rebounds. So that was nice. And in a game like this, you just wanted the defense. You wanted the defensive rebounding. You wanted the second chance opportunities. He gave you that. You wanted the steals. He gave you that. He gave you a lot. He gave you a ton where it's like if you do start him, maybe it's a different outcome. Who knows? But it's just it's one of those things I don't want to go back and just like, oh, well, if we started him, it'd be a better game. I don't think so. No. I just think he came in at a good time and he started the third the third quarter, which was cool. But it's just like you can only play so well when this team is hitting and they're so hot, right? Mm-hmm. So he did the best he could, and I think his defense was pretty decent on Doncic. I think he kind of gave him some fits. You'll never have a defender that can cover him completely 100%, make it that difficult to where he can't put up 30 points. That just doesn't happen. But to make it a little difficult, to make it a little bit of a problem, he did do that, and it's something new. Maybe Luca hasn't seen it from him. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe he hasn't seen it from any defender, but it was a he was a pest to him, dude. So I love the Akoki drop, and I love that we got to use it tonight because it makes sense, right? You just made it. And this is probably his best game he had all season. Defensively, yeah, I mean, offensively, I don't worry about that. Yeah, 12 points, though. Offensively, it might be his best performance all season. But defensively, oh, yeah. as you mentioned, yep. he's somebody you can throw out there in spurts at Luka. And that's what it's going to come down to. If and when we play this team in the playoffs, you're not just going to put Mikhail Bridges on Luka. You're going to have to have multiple defenders that you run out there at that guy to try to throw him different looks and try to wear him down physically. And know that Luka Doncic is a cerebral player and he's going to try to run switches to get those players off of him to maximize his effectiveness by playing the less defender in those situations. And we saw that tonight. There were times when he switched after like three possessions, he started switching Josh Okoge off of him because he was just like, you know what? I, this guy's pestering me. That's just the way it goes. You know, you're not going to have five guys out there at a time who can play against Luka Doncic. Your best hope is you can have, you know, three or four of them. And when the switch happens, you're there to stop him again what killed the team tonight wasn't the fact that Luka Doncic carved us like I said he got his 33 points but it's the fact that the rest of the team scored 103 points or 97 97 points that's what killed us it's the fact that they shot 42 or 52.4 percent from the field it's the fact that they shot 48.8 percent it's like I said at the beginning of the podcast for some reason when this team plays the Suns that that basket, that cylinder becomes eight feet wide, and they just start chucking balls up there off their dicks, and they start going in. So Josh Akogi, great defense. It's something that I hope that Monty puts in the back of his mind and goes, you know what? Next time we're playing Dame Lillard, let's run Josh Akogi out there for 10 minutes on Dame and make him earn those points. Next time we're playing the Warriors and Steph Curry and Klay Thompson, boom, let's get some Akogi minutes. I think that's a that's the valuable takeaway from this is he could provide a little bit of offense. I wouldn't count on it. He hit his second and third three tonight. But I think that knowing that he can ha- really be performing at a high level defensively, even when we get Chris Paul back, even when we get you know the rest of this team back, I think it warrants about 10 minutes a game here and there. You know, we talk about Dwayne Washington, right? Who was was out tonight, and he could provide some offense. Well, you're gonna kind of have to balance. 
what is what what's the game? What is this game dictating? Is this a game where we see that Steph Curry's starting to go off a little bit? Okay, let's get a Kogi out there for a little bit. Or is this a game where the Suns are kind of hanging around there and head? So let's have Dwayne Washington out there hit a couple threes. That's that comes down to Monty. Monty's got to manage that. Yeah, and you, you can think in the you can think about the future, and you can go up against Steph, and you can think like, oh, maybe he can slow him down a little bit. It's not about slowing these guys down. It's just about like those one or two plays that he can have where he can come in, he can get the steal, he can get like a good defensive stop, he can get the offensive foul. That kind of sways momentum a little bit, 100%. right? I mean, tonight it was always a 19-point lead, but you get the mm-hmm. offensive foul, you go down, you hit a three. It's like, oh, it's only 16 points. That's doable. But then, of course, the Mavericks hit a three the next time. But he makes those plays that are huge. If he makes two or three of those a game, that's enough. That's enough from this guy. Yep. And if he can continue to do that through the season, that would be great. I just – I don't want to rely. I don't want to think like, "Hey, this is like a stopper or anything like that." I don't no. think so at all. He's very, very aggressive. Only the one foul tonight, mm-hmm. which is great. But he's the one defender we have, and Mikhail's the same way. But he's just all over guys. He is just looping well, his arms and, and, and legs Damian around Lee the can do all that the time. too. I think both him mm-hmm. and Damian Lee play with a level of physicality that we haven't seen since Javon Carter played for this team. That's something I, I have in my piece for tomorrow on Brightside. Oh, cute! It's adorable. Um, Cody. Uh, Brodigan in the chat says Mavs lost five of seven before this. Do they only get up for the Suns? No, they're yes. going to turn it on. So yes. They started out slow last year, and they mentioned it in the chat the subreddit stakeout thing. So. Okay, okay, fair enough. Uh, let's let's talk a little bit about Landry Shaman. And before I do this drop, there's one thing I want all of the jamsters to to do in the chat. Uh, one, if you're hanging out and you're watching us, go ahead and hit that like button. But two, in Landry Shamit's last five games since coming back, what do you think his three-point shooting percentage has been? Three. All I can say is Sham. Wow. So, Jamsters, again, in the chat, let me know what you think his three-point shooting percentage was over the last five games. And let's talk about tonight. Landry Shamit uh, was pretty abysmal to watch. He ended up being three of seven from beyond the arc. He ended up contributing 13 points. He was four of ten overall from the field. Um, but you look at the fourth quarter, that's where Landry Shamit did all of his damage. He was four of six from the field in the fourth quarter, all of his 13 points prior to the fourth quarter. When it mattered, Matthew, he was 0 of four from the field. He was a negative 15. He just had a bad, bad, bad game. So that being said, his last five games, because I see, I see it. Like Mario Lopez, every time we mentioned everybody's like Dwayne Washington, better than Landry Shamit. You know, Josh Kogi better than Landry Shamit. Damian Lee, better than Landry Shamit. So uh, we have Erwa Arfanin. Forgive me if I mispronounce. He says says 50%. Coach Fallen Founder says 40%. Ted Lubin says 30% shooting from beyond the arc. Mario Lopez, who's who's bashing Shamit every chance again, says 15%. Okay? He's been shooting in the last five games leading into this since he's returned. Seven points a game in 16.8 minutes. He's shooting 39.1% from beyond the arc. Okay? So it's not the end of the world, people. And I know that everybody, for some reason, it's like Landry Sham is where they're directing all their frustration. And don't get me wrong. Like, he had a bad game. But he wasn't the only guy who had a bad game. And since the five games he's been back, he's been having some good games. So why is everybody flushing him down the toilet? Um, I mean, I know a couple of reasons. I just won't say them. It just I, I think that there's something to do with, of course, the contract, but I'm not going to talk about that. I think it has to do with the trade that might be coming up. I think people really think of him as a trade piece. I think that people Agreed. think of him as a guy that 
on the court for me, body language looks really good this this season. It's just he overreacts a lot. He's a guy that maybe does too much at some time, sometimes. And his game just looks different from everybody else. It's just something that's like too much energy and too much here or there. It doesn't really blend well with the offense. But then when it sticks out, it looks good. Um, I don't know why people do hate on him so much because he's had a good season. I just think that when these games come down to um, or when the season comes down to big games and like tonight, I don't know if it's a big game, but it'd be nice to beat the Mavericks. Mm-hmm. It'd be nice to count on someone like Shamit to kind of rely on him a little bit more. But we didn't get that tonight, but I think it's going to be something in the future where we're going to see whether or not he could show up. And that's going to be huge if he's going to play playoff minutes or something like i just don't see it yet he's had a good season i think he's been mm-hmm. awesome but it just i don't think he's been awesome man i think for compared to the last year and i've never watched him before yeah I think, he's been pretty awesome. I think he's better than last year but i also think he's been dealing with some stuff but i just i don't understand why everybody's riding his ass and and don't get me wrong like kenneth Payne, who's watching along live on facebook thank you kenneth for doing so head over to youtube hit the like button and and i agree with this statement because i say it all the time he never makes them when they matter Whenever the team's down and they need a three, like that Landry doesn't mm-hmm. show up. Once this game was called in the fourth quarter, he's like, oh shit, check this out. You know, like when I stopped watching. When For stopped comebacks. Watching, he doesn't make it when you need, like when, when you're, you're down. Yeah. yeah. He, he makes can make it when you're up. Leads. When it takes Stan yes. leads, if you're up two which or three, is, he can hit which, two or three in a row. Which are big, you know, and then Kenneth Payne also says he also makes bad timely plays. So, mm-hmm. uh, and, and Mar Lopez, Shaman didn't, doesn't impact the game, nor did like half the players out there tonight. So... <laughs> I can get yeah. it. I get it. Like we all yeah. have our frustrations for different things when it comes to this. And I can understand everyone's point of view. Coach fallen founder says it's the contract. So essentially what coach fallen founder and elite jamsters, if you want to become an elite jamster, simply click the join button on the YouTube page, but he's saying price for value paid, right? You're paying this, this player, a certain price. You want to see value for that contract. And it just hasn't met expectations up to this point. And that I can see bait. If you're looking holistically between this year and last year, price for value paid, it's not there really there. But the moment that we signed Landry Landry Shaman, I said it was a great contract because it's a highly tradable one. And when the time comes, hopefully it's something that we can we can move on from. Uh, real quick, Suns Geek is in the chat. Shout out to Suns Geek. He said he said someone brought this up in my stream. Suns play with no heart tonight. We can't continue to start off this games this way. Uh, Twenty four to four to end the first. I think. Yeah, I think it was not even just no heart. It was simply the fact that. Uh, uh, they just couldn't hit a shot. I mean, they had you, you can have heart all day. If you can't hit a jumper, you can't hit a jumper. But I will say, Suns Geek, I did shout out one of your tweets earlier when you were talking about Monty Williams, uh, pretty much, you know, saying at the end of the game that he can't, you know, you couldn't wait for Monty Williams to say something like, we don't, we didn't respect the third three point shooting night for the third or fourth time the, this season. So if you get a chance, Suns Geek, you can, you can snip a couple of my rants because I had some good ones on this one, especially about Monty Williams and about Luka Doncic's 20-pound pussy. So that being said, Matthew, I know you were hanging out on the subreddit for the Mavs. Oh, God, I'm not, I don't know if I'm looking forward to this, but let's, let's see what's going on on that subreddit. The Suns Jam Session subreddit stakeout. All right, Matthew, you were hanging out in Dallas tonight. What did you see? E.T. Oh, boy. Well, I saw OBJ on the sideline. That was nice. Just kidding. I don't really want him. Yeah, I was going to ask you. Well, I was going to ask you at the very end about that, but I guess because you've brought it up like fucking set 10 times now. <laughs> so OBJ, you know, Odell Beckham Jr. was hanging out on the sidelines. Rumors are that he could become a member of the Dallas Cowboys. He was hanging out with Micah Parsons tonight and another one of your cowgirls. Uh, 
do you want him as a member of your team? Yeah, actually, I do. I don't know if I trust Dak though with that whole situation. So you got four great receivers. Where's he going to fit? Um, we have two. We have CD and we have uh, Gallup. That's pretty good. He's getting back into it. Um, that's all we really have, honestly. So OBJ okay. would be nice. I just don't know if we need him. But then I don't want anybody else to get him. It's kind of like the Suns thing. It's like you don't want someone else to get the the big trade, like Kevin Durant. You want the Suns to get him just because you don't want other guys to get him. Other teams. Fair enough. So that's the only reason I want him. All right. What else did they say on the subreddit stakeout but besides uh, jerking OBJ off? Oh, jeez. Um, so first quarter, guys, remember last year we exploded after New Year. We're getting there. So they did. Remember, Fat Luca was a thing last year, and they kind of took mm-hmm. off towards the end of the season. So it kind of seemed like it's starting now, maybe. Who knows? I don't know, though. I think it was more of an off-Suns game than a big Dallas game, but. I don't know, man. That's a tough one. I think it was a combination of both. I honestly both, do. you think? It's a combination of both. It was a bad Suns game. And like I said, as I went through the entire box score, every player played outside of their norm. They were above average. Everybody. Every, yeah, definitely everybody, dude. Um, so Josh Green, that's a guy that's um he looked fucking awesome. So Josh Green is a, just an energizer bunny. Everyone just plays better when he's on the court. When he's on the court, he's just so full of energy. And yeah, the, the second quarter, like the first half, he had like 14 points, something crazy yeah. like that. But he was just in there, just taking the ball. He had like two steals. So offensive rebounds. Know. Yeah. He yeah. Was he was ass. just that guy that kind of, he, you know, when it's the Mavericks are just going crazy and then there's just that one guy that pisses you off because he doesn't mm-hmm. stop and he's just continuing the battle. That was him. It was just him making those plays. Uh, I'm going to take a peek at some. <laughs> I'm going to take a peek at the Sun subreddit. Be right back. So someone. Oh, so did subreddit. they report back? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I didn't see. <laughs> and then also more about Josh Green, man. Josh Green beginning his all-star campaign tonight. God. So fan favorite there. I wouldn't say Wood is. I didn't see anything about Wood. Wood is. What the fuck, man? He doesn't play with anybody else out there. Well, it's I thought he was going to give the It doesn't like him. Yeah, I wouldn't think so. And I think he would have probably helped the Suns get back into the game, right? Yeah. Because he was jacking up some weird shots, but they were going He in always like makes them else. against us. Remember the game, the first game we played, he came off the bench, and he had a heat check. He had like four threes oh, in a row, true. and they were like step back, like ballerina backflip threes. It was like the Suns gorilla doing the halftime show, and they were all going in. And it's just like <laughs> that's what happens when Christian Wood plays us. He just, for some reason, when players on this team, Dinwiddie, I mean, Reggie Bullock. Reggie Bullock has been had a shitty season. And he comes out, and he's just, you know, like, in fuego. He, he's on fire. <laughs> Anything else from the subreddit? Yeah, a few more things. Um, fire away. So this was actually, uh, Maz can't let the refs take us out of the game. When they don't get calls, this is how they start playing. So, like, in the third quarter about, yeah, in the third quarter, they seemed like they were kind of, you know, Aiden was doing a good job down there, but they weren't getting calls, and it seemed like the Suns might go on a run. So I think Maz fans were scared that they were going to get back into it, the Suns. Yeah, and then they hit because a three, of and it was all over. Yeah, like always. Mm-hmm. And uh, has book have, has book ever outperformed or even put up an equal performance to Luca in his head to head matchup? Yeah, so, see game yeah. game one last year. Well, I mean, it's it was off and on last year. It was back and yeah. forth. Yeah, uh, bring in Kemba. So oh God, it got, it got that Kemba bad where you want well, to bring in Kemba Walker. And uh, Hamo Elite Jamster in the chat says you can have Baker Mayfield, Matthew. I am going all for you. The Suns Jam Session subreddit stakeout. (laughs) 
That was fantastic. That was fantastic. All right, Jamsters. This would be this one should be interesting. Jam star of the game. All right, Jamsters. A reminder. Go ahead and hit a thumbs up. We didn't fuck up tonight. It was the Suns. And subscribe, rate, review, all that fun stuff. Follow us on Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star review. We'll read it right here on the podcast. Matthew, who gets your jam star in this one? Oh, it's Aiden, for sure. Um, you know, last year, like in the playoffs, when he played the Pelicans, it was like, give Aiden the ball. Give him the ball more. No, Aiden did not look like he needed the ball. Tonight, the last few weeks, he needs a ball every time down the floor. Should have happened way more tonight. And I'm sure the Mavericks were good. But we're glad they said their rosary before this game because they didn't feed Aiden as much as they should have. Yeah, I agree. I agree 100%. It's DA. Um, You know, only 20 points, but 20 efficient points. He should have had 50 in this game. They should have just, I mean, they yeah. should have like shacked it and just be like, you know what? You guys keep shooting those fucking threes down there. Stop this. Oh, excuse me. And, and they should have said, hey, DA, guess what? We're feeding you, bro. We're feeding you like Ezekiel Elliott, just fucking, you know. But uh, Ted Lubin says, Jamstar Kleba for his friendly fire on Donjit. <laughs> DA from Kenneth cool. Payne. Uh, DA from Hamo. Um, Mr. 20 points, DeAndre Ayton. So definitely across the board, we give that to DeAndre Ayton. Up next for the Phoenix Suns, Wednesday night, 8 p.m. Arizona time, nationally televised. The best team in the Eastern Conference, the best team in the NBA right now, the Boston Celtics. What are you looking for in that game, Matthew? And is that winnable? I'm looking just to watch the Celtics. I want to see what the big fuss is about. Mm-hmm. And I'm scared, man. I, I don't They're want it to be back to back games where you go against these MVP candidates. You know, Booker needs to, he's not, not everyone's saying he's MVP candidate, but we've been saying it. Some few people, but if he can make, you know, those guys sit down and watch this game, be like, oh, fuck, look at Booker going head to head with Jason Tatum. You know, they're not the same position at all, but. It's going to be all about that next game. It, oh, yeah. it is. And I just can't wait to watch it. I think it's going to be a fun game. It's going to be fun. I'm I'm looking forward to it. I I really think I really think Chris Paul's back for this game. I really do. Cool. I think Chris Paul could have been back maybe tonight and he's probably just hey, I'm going to take another game. I'm going to come back. I, I wish he would have been back tonight to kind of work off some cobwebs, but I I really think that he's going to be back. And I think that it's going to be a fun game to watch as you mentioned. And I think if we're sitting here having a conversation and they blew us out, I think that there's going to be some gut check time for the Phoenix Suns. As, as I mentioned before the season, I really think that this is going to be an up and down season for the Phoenix Suns because uh, this roster and some of the, a move needs to happen. I think that a move needs to happen. We've been saying that for a long time, and it's the 5th of December. So we got about 10 days until the first opportunity for a move to happen could present itself. But, you know, a tough stretch lies before us as as phoenix suns fans and as you mentioned it's just i want to see what the fuss is about those those uh those boston celtics so we'll tune in on wednesday jamsters we hope you tune in as well uh we've teased a couple times here and on twitter that we have some big changes right around the corner for the suns jam session podcast they're not really big changes they're just things that are happening i don't know how to explain it but we'll talk about it uh once it happens once everything's finalized and and you know, we're moving forward. So until then, Jamsters, have a, a a fantastic evening. Take care of yourself. Take care of each other after this loss. We can do it. Make sure you follow the show at Suns Jam. Follow me at Darth Void. And make sure you follow Matthew at Matthew Lissy on Instagram, Twitter, 
TikTok. Uh, he likes to get his gas at Circle K's instead of Costco. Uh, Dad bod. Um, anything else you got, Matthew? Before no, we just go home, love your family. Uh, go home, love your Mavericks. Fucking Luca. <laughs> <laughs>